Welcome back to the Biblical Woman Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Nicole. And today we have an amazing show planned for you guys. I am so excited to talk about this topic and introduce you to our wonderful guest. But before we jump into that, you know, we are a show for Christian women of all ages, backgrounds, and church traditions. You know, I'm a Catholic from a Protestant background, and my amazing and wonderful co-host, Nicole, is from a Reformed Protestant background, and together we explore so many topics like marriage, dating, Bible, theology, and parenting, which is what this episode is going to be about. And, you know, we talk about all of these things from a perspective of love and respect for one another. Our mission is to help women create faith-driven lives, no matter what church tradition they come from. I do have some super exciting news to share with you guys. Nicole and I are getting ready to do our very, very first giveaway, and I'm so excited. This is a giveaway for children. Um, so definitely, definitely, you gotta you gotta sign up for this, this giveaway. I am so excited. We are giving away a... Getty's Children's Hymnal CD. The Sing Conference is just right around the corner. Um, so this CD has so many great hymns on it. There's Power in the Blood, uh, All Creatures of Our God and King, Be Thou My Vision, amazing songs with amazing uh, music and vocals. And it's just so, so good. And then we are also going to be giving away a couple of different Bible books. You know, we have storybooks of Jonah and the Ark. Jonah and the Ark. Oh my goodness, guys. <laughs> we have Jonah and the Whale. We have the creation story. Uh, we have Noah's Ark. That's what I did. I combined the two. <laughs> but we also have a storybook Bible that we will be giving away, and it's called God's Great Plan. It has beautiful artwork in it, and it tells the story from the beginning of the Bible to the end, Genesis to Revelation, and it is amazing. It is so beautiful. So, oh, and I forgot. We got one more thing that we're giving away. We are going to be giving away. It's a book, and it has 22 different verses for you to memorize with your children, and it tells a little bit of um, Bible story with it. So you get the context with it, all the important context to go with the Bible verse. And then it helps you and your child memorize it and then see how you can apply it to your lives. And it is a great, great resource. And it has pictures and stuff in it too, to help the kids remember the Bible verses that you are learning. So we are going to be giving all of that away to one special person. Um, you know, you've got to be 18 years or older to, you know, sign up for it. Uh, you do have to live in the United States, but it is super easy to register for this giveaway. There will be a link in the episode description. And what you will do is you will click that link and there are different ways in which you can uh, register. So this is a giveaway. So you're going to get like tickets, virtual tickets, and you can do the different things and, you know, you can rate the show or uh, share the episode, things like that. And for each one of those actions that you complete, you will get an additional ticket and increase your chances of winning these amazing things. So one winner will get all of that stuff that I just mentioned. And then there will also be a second place person who will also receive a copy of the storybook Bible. 
I was looking at them and I fell so in love with it that I'm like, oh, we got to give this away to another person as well. We can't just have one winner. We got to have two. So a second winner will be able to win the storybook Bible as well. So definitely check out this giveaway. I am so excited for it because this is our first one we've ever done. And there's so many great prizes. I am just so excited that we are able to do this for you guys. Yes, this is going to be great. And I love, I want to see that hymnal for the kids. That sounds amazing. Okay, well, let's get into our topic today. And I am just so excited to announce our guest um, for today. So he is a great friend of mine who I met in 2004 in graduate school. So we had some fun reminiscing a few minutes ago before the show started about all of our crazy memories, but I'm happy to um, just introduce you to Bo Davis, and he is the youth and family minister at the Singing Oaks Church of Christ in Denton, Texas, and he has a passion for sharing the gospel message with teens, connecting people across generational lines, and working with families who have been hurt or broken by divorce. He also loves helping helping volunteers, interns, and students discover and enhance their spiritual gifts and talents. He has received degrees from Abilene Christian University in marriage and family therapy, Christian ministry, and in youth and family ministry. And in 2006, Bo married way up when he married Jill, <laughs> who was also in um, the MFT program with us, and she was a great friend of mine as well. Uh, Bo and Jill, they love to watch movies, run, exercise, bike, camp, all of those great things, play games, and they have two sons and one daughter. So I introduce you to Bo. Hey, ladies. Awesome. Thanks Looking forward so to much. a fun conversation. And uh, real quick, if you don't mind, I want to say happy birthday to my wife, Jill. It's her birthday today. Woo! Happy birthday, Jill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I married up, but I married younger. She's 39, so that makes me uh, old. So. <laughs> oh, man. That was a fun yeah. relationship to get to witness because, you know, we kind of all saw it from the beginning of when you guys were just friends to when you were dating and then to attend your wedding was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, and we're still married 15 years later. Yeah. I know. So. This tells you right now, like this, that it's going to be a good marriage when, what was that song that you walked down the aisle to, Bo? Oh, man, you were going to do that to me. You were going to do that to me. So, I, I came into a Disney song from Aladdin, uh, and I flew in on a carpet. Uh, tons of fun. Tons of fun. I embarrassed my wife, although she didn't get to see it. She got to see the video later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Ali. It was fun. It was good. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, you just know you're in for an adventurous marriage when, you know, that's how it starts. That's how it starts. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, good stuff. Yeah. Well, real yeah. quick, just give us um, some bullet points about what you are doing now, what you're doing in ministry, okay. what you're doing in counseling. Sure, sure. So, uh, uh, the my role at Singing Oaks has changed just a little bit. Um, I've been here for 15 years, and uh, uh, I, I kind of do a lot of different things. We don't currently we do not have a quote unquote uh, preaching pastor or lead pastor at the moment, and I function as executive minister. And so I, I work with the high school students and parents and 
I still do counseling within the church, but I do more uh, strategic planning. And I also preach pretty often now for our church. And our church is, it's in a crazy part of the country. You know, it's in Texas, but uh, the part of Texas that we're in, Benton, we have a couple of big schools here. We have UNT, which is about 50,000 students. It's a very liberal school, kind of out there on a lot of things. We have uh, TWU, which is another 15,000 or so students. And so we live in an area that I, I would say not representative of the larger area of Texas. So when you think about Texas, you probably think about the Bible Belt. And although we do have a lot of Christians here in this town, we also have a lot of people that don't have those values and, and look at life a little differently. So it's been kind of an interesting dynamic uh, to live in. I, I mean, I could just think of a lot of things that, you know, going through training at ACU and, and life experiences that did not prepare me for what I would run into here in Denton, Texas, uh, aka Little Austin. It's definitely been very interesting, but serve as the uh, executive pastor uh, as well as family minister here. And then also my wife and I have been operating a counseling practice, Olive Branch Family Therapy. Um, there's six therapists on staff, and we started that in 2011, so this is our 10-year uh, anniversary for that. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I, I know we're well over 10,000 therapy hours, and we, we do somewhere in the ballpark of 50 to 60 hours a week between all of our different people um, of counseling for families. Uh, we partner with an organization called Arms of Hope, where we help single moms coming out of uh, abuse, neglect, harm provide some counseling for them as well. And then at our church, we partner with them as well to help provide community and, and you know, spiritual formation um, and, and then work with their kids. And so you, you probably didn't know that. You probably don't see that on our website, but that's a big thing that we do for single moms coming out of a very difficult situation. So that's a little bit about us. And then, of course, three kids, 11, 7, and 3. So we're, we're hitting the middle school years now. Uh, my son's getting into my demographic that I work with, which is, is turning out to be a lot of fun. Wow. Well, that's amazing, Bo. You definitely yeah. are staying busy and just serving in so many different ways and so many ways that just is so needed. And I appreciate you sharing just about the area of um, the country where you're located and just, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're right. Some things, you know, within our training just don't always prepare us for what's going to be happening in the culture, but Right, 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 right. Yeah, but that's part of, you know, what we're talking about today. So when I was um, thinking of you as a guest for this show, I knew you would do amazing at any parenting topic that we threw at you. But when we talked the other um, week about it, you mentioned like right away, you just like knew what your topic was going to be. So yes. tell us a little bit just about the upcoming NAP conference. Um, uh -huh. It's the concept and just you know how that came to be because that's what we're going to be talking about today is that NAP. <laughs> sure, sure. So NAP stands for non-anxious parent um, or non-anxious person. I would say that in the course of uh, in the course of all the therapy that 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 I do and working with churches and just the systemic world that I, I live in, thinking about what's most helpful, and then also thinking about the theology of things, like what did Christ represent? What does God represent to us? How does that fit into our lives as Christians and followers? What are we supposed to be doing? The, the, the concept, the idea of being a non-anxious presence, a non-anxious parent, non-anxious person in a situation is a, is a, is a concept we don't, I don't think we talk enough about and the importance of that. And so 
I can, I'm going to dive in a little bit more of that uh, as we keep talking, like where that concept really originated for uh, in me. But coming out of this pandemic as a church, thinking and, and listening to people and anxieties that parents have going on, the kids, the anxieties that they're dealing with, and the church having some anxiety of its own, worried about X, Y, and Z, whatever that, that could be. I really was just trying to think through what could what could we do as a church? What could I do with my gift set and skill set and the people that I know to provide something that is tactile, something a parent could take home with them that would help them do something for their kid in the middle of things that are just stressful and difficult. And as I was praying about that, thinking about that, I was just reminded of nap idea that I've had for years and decided, you know what? I know people. I know PhDs uh, from Texas Tech and LCU. I know uh, people in the, in the ministry world and the therapy world. I could put together something to just bless parents in the area that I live in, this Denton area, put a conference together, a one-day conference where I hope that they can just walk away and go, when my kid is having an issue that feels beyond my scope, when they're doing, when they're dealing with stuff that, that's causing anxiety in me or causing me to worry about them, or I just don't feel like I can handle anything. The reality is, is God has equipped me and I can do something. And it's probably the single best thing that needs to happen is that when my kid is anxious, that I am non-anxious, that I can be anxious with my, my spouse at another time. I've got friends, I've got other people I can go to that I can share my anxiety with and, and kind of cast my burdens on. But when it comes to my kids, when they're anxious, when they're worried, when they're depressed, I don't need to be that with them. I need to be non-anxious. And if I can be non-anxious for them, then I can be a foundation they can stand on that's firm because I'm standing on Jesus and his non-anxiety about things who's standing on God and his control and power and wisdom and non-anxiety about things. And then they can deal with whatever's coming at them because they have a firm foundation. Oh, absolutely. That's amazing, Bo. I love everything yeah. about what you just said. So, and I kind of want to express like where this kind of comes from. Uh, I, was, I was in a therapy session years ago and a parent was kind of worried and kind of, you know, their, their kid was struggling with something. And I don't remember specifically what it was they were dealing with, but it was big. And I remember looking at them going and asking this question, just kind of was one of these epiphany moments. I said, imagine that, that, that you were in a car wreck or, or you were in an accident of some kind and you're, you're severely injured. And so the paramedics are called. And imagine that when those paramedics show up and they look at you, they just lose their mind. They just start, oh, my goodness, you're going to die. You're bleeding everywhere. Life's over. I just don't know what to do. I'm really worried. And, and imagine that they start sharing all of their emotion about what they're seeing. What are your chances of surviving that? Well, we know that that's not going to be helpful. We know that that actually will hurt you if they share their anxiety about what's going on you. But if they show up, no matter what they're looking at, no matter what they believe about the situation, and they are bringers of peace, you're going to be okay. We're going to help you. We're going to patch you up. We're going to, you know, and they talk calmly to you and they bring peace to you, your survival rate goes up because when they can slow your heart rate down, when they can, they can bring some peace on you, sometimes they can do things with you in those moments that allow your body to not go into shock, which will lead to death, 
but to remain calm and at peace and get you to a place where you can be healed and bring about a, a, about that peace. And so I asked that parent that, I go, which kind of, which paramedic do you want? Do you want the one that's going to freak out or the one that may even not even be honest with you about how their own feelings are? They come up to you and they're like, we're going to help you. You're going to be fine. They, they bring this calmness in and they walk alongside you through that journey dealing with that that harmful situation that 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 trauma that you're experiencing they, they and they may not be able to fix it they may have to take you to a doctor that's going to fix it or they may have to transport you somewhere else but they stay with you and they are a calming presence with you and that's parenting that's a fantastic visual and just such a great analogy because it is so hard to stay calm in the midst of those crisis moments with our kids and especially especially as you get into those teenage years. And I think teenagers now, they truly are just dealing with so many things when it comes to mental health and mm -hmm. just other behaviors and just cultural confusion that has set in, you know, there, there's just a lot going on. What would you say are some of the common issues that you've been seeing right now, like in your teenage clients or um, at church in the youth group? Like what are some of those big issues? I would I would say the vast majority of them uh, with with teenagers is anxiety related. Um, they're they're worried about their identity. They're worried about not fitting in. They're worried about missing out on something. Social media is a plague um, on on teenagers when they're not being discipled in how to utilize it. It uses them. It becomes an addictive kind of. Uh, system that they get sucked into that provides them. Uh, I, I equate social media to candy. Um, it tastes really good, but it's not good for you to just consume nothing but candy all the time. In fact, it'll leave you uh, malnourished and wanting more with rotting teeth and everything else, you know. Um, but social media is like candy. It's you know it's okay to have some some now and then. That's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's intended purpose, but it, when it becomes addictive in nature and you're not giving yourself substance actual healthy relationships and becomes very detrimental so social media is probably the biggest one and with the pandemic with with people not being around each other um with people being forced to be uh separated from each other masked or you know distancing everything that is unadvised for period when it comes to teenagers and parents not being touched not being um not having verbal uh, facial cues to be able to look at um not being able to express nonverbals um, when they're talking with each other because it's all via text or it's all with pictures or other things. It leads to a lot of anxiety and then ultimately depression because we're, we're designed to do, we're designed to, to have purpose. And the pandemic really amplified the reality that, that a lot of teenagers don't really see themselves as having any purpose. Part of my job is to help them discover that, what is that in them, and how to help their parents discover that. What is my purpose? And, and I do have a place in the family and I do have a place in my church and I do have a place in, in our culture. And when they find that and they find some, some purpose based on their identity in Christ, you, you see those things go away. You see the anxiety go away. You see the depression go away. You see joy kind of come back in. Does that kind of answer that question? Yeah, no, I thought you did a great job answering that question. Okay. And has it been surprising, like the, just the prevalence of that, um, the anxieties that you're just describing, like just how widespread it's been? Surprising. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word surprising. 
um, it's, I, I would say it's expected. I'm actually surprised when somebody says they're not. Okay. And usually when I interview them, they're very introverted and they like being by themselves. And this has been the greatest thing ever. And there's a, there's a few of those out there. But even within them, as you talk to them, you, you do find some some pain, some hurt, some some feelings of in, some insecurities, especially with the young girls. I think it is much harder on young girls than it has ever been. I think social media and the pressures that uh, come from that are much harder on young women than they are on young guys. Uh, not to say that there's not stuff on guys, but it is, mm-hmm. it is, it is truly difficult. Um, and, and the same is true for, for women in general. I think, uh, I think y'all have it much harder than guys when it comes to the pressure, uh, the insecurities in life, you know, the being a mom also having to have a side hustle, you know, running a podcast or, feeling the need to contribute to the family sometimes monetarily or in other ways. It's just a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Very true. I love that analogy of social media and candy. I've never heard that before, but it makes so much sense and it is so true. And I just love that. I don't know who said it first. I'm not going to claim it, but I'll definitely use it. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh, I've learned so much already from you and I, I'm just loving this because I myself am an anxious mom. So, mm-hmm. and while mine are little, you know, what are some tips that parents can, you know, use or do to remain calm in these like crisis moments? All right. So uh, the fact that yours are little, I think you said you had like a three month old right now. I have a three month old and a 17 month old. Oh, you got little littles. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things that I, I find helpful to kind of just, if you can stop and think through this, and for you having a three-month-old and a 17-month-old, this is a good way to make sense of it. But when your kids are crying and screaming, as a parent, you don't like that. Yeah. And, and you want to stop that. Like, uh, and when they're, when they're little and they're crying and screaming, you know, there's one of a few things. Uh, they're in pain. Uh, they have a dirty diaper. Uh, they're hungry. Uh, those are usually the kind of things that those age kids are dealing with. And so you, you are capable of solving those things as a parent. Yes. And when you hit a spot, you know, maybe late at night where you can't solve the problem, um, where you, your kid may feel sick, uh, they're in some kind of pain that you don't feel like you can handle or work your way through, that's when your anxiety kicks up um, because now you're feeling responsible. I'm a parent, I'm responsible for this child. I don't feel like I can solve this problem and therefore I start to worry that I'm not gonna be do- able to do the job I signed up for, my kid's gonna be hurt long-term and your brain just kind of starts going off into the future. Anxiety and depression, are the same exact thing. Anxiety is worry about what you're doing and how it's going to impact the future. Depression is worry about what you've done and how it's going to impact you now. And so both of them are about being worried. And so with little kids, as you adapt to them, you get less and less worried under certain situations. When it comes time to feed them, you don't worry about that anymore. When it comes time to change their diaper, you may not be worried about doing that right anymore. 
But as they get older, their problems become more and more complex. What I say to a lot of parents, one of the questions I ask a lot of parents is, who's your village? Who's your village? So the first question is, is who, who do I have around me that's going to be my village to help me raise this child? Or am I putting it all on myself? As those kids are getting older, you got to be thinking about that. The other thing I'd be thinking about is kids, by nature, are going to be anxious. They're, they're just going to be because they don't understand. And when they hit a spot of not understanding, their next step is confusion. And if they get into confusion for too long, then they begin to worry about outcomes. And as adults, what they deal with as kids, we can see, we can understand. And so we try to use logic to calm them down. And a lot of times, our logic is beyond them. Mm-hmm. So I just tell parents a lot of times when your kids, when when your kid's anxious, when they're worried, don't feel like you have to say something. Just be with them like you would be when they're infants. When they're crying, sometimes they just need to be held. You may not be able to solve the problem, but you are the solution to the problem. So you may not be able to do anything other than your presence. And that gets back into Christian theology. That gets back into to, to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, to Christ, the idea that, that Jesus says that there will be one coming after me that will provide you courage. And courage means that we're going to have to deal with hard things. And as parents, we're courageous because we have to deal with hard things. And for you, that's a three-month-old and a 17-month-old. Those are hard things. But you've been provided with the courage inside through the Spirit to deal with those things. And so remind yourself about part of my village is the Spirit of God. Part of my village is the knowledge of Christ. Part of my village is Nicole or whoever you have around you. It's not just my responsibility. Does that make sense? That's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say like, I don't know, that has been so beneficial because I am an anxious mom. And so listening to you say all of that, I'm like, that gives me a lot to think about, not just now, but also in the future too, as my little ones get older. Right. Yeah, I love that because you're, you hit it exactly right. That as parents, we do feel responsible. We want to solve the problem. If we see a fire, we want to put it out. And mm-hmm. sometimes like we just like, that's not our role. That's something that is beyond even what we can do in the moment. And so just that idea of sitting with them through the fire, so to speak, like that's like, it's just reassuring to know that that in and of itself is enough. Yeah. I mean, and so another, another slightly way to frame it that might be helpful to some of your listeners or to to you as well is, and this may sound weird, but your kids aren't your kids. Mm -hmm. They're God's children. And he has given you custody of them. He has blessed you with them. And when it's beyond your capacity, it's his responsibility. And when you can get your brain there, you can be at peace. Because here, and here's the deal. So there's passages about this all throughout the Bible. One of them is Philippians chapter four. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then what, what Paul's saying in that passage is this, and the peace of God, which you cannot understand, will guard your heart and mind through Jesus. And so that, you know, what Paul's saying there, what, what? Jesus articulates in the Sermon on on the Mount about not being anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is uh, the, today's troubles. That's all you need to 
think about. And then even go back to Solomon into the Proverbs with anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but good works make him glad. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that really talks about, you know, God's ultimate power, God's providence, and that we, that when we're feeling it all, sometimes we just got to go, oh, wait, time out. This is God's, not mine. And then try to bring that down. And as a, as a pastor, I, I probably hit that once a day uh, because they're always being presented with stuff that in the flock that is beyond your capacity. And when it hits me, I try to train myself when I start to feel overloaded to go, oh, time out. No, no, no. No, this is, this is God's. I just need to be present and God's going to work it out. And if, and if it's coming through me, then he'll give it to me when he's ready. And if it's not coming through me, then he'll provide somebody that, that can assist in, in whatever is going on. And the same is true with our kids. It's just, you really love your kids, you know, and, yeah. and you really care about them. And then, and then you really want them to turn into great functioning adults at some point. <laughs> and it's just, that's where your brain goes. I hope you're going to turn into an adult someday. And, uh, and I hope you're going to be a good person, but I'm really worried this world's going to mess you up and you're going to mess yourself up and, ah, you know, and it's just, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as parents too, as I was listening to you talk about that, I think part of kind of that goes along with what you're saying is that as parents, we have to kind of be mindful of our own personal anxieties or those oh, yeah. cues, those cues that, okay, I'm getting anxious here as my child's talking to me about, you know, what they're struggling with. Yeah, just kind of internally monitoring ourselves um, for that. Any uh, tips on how to do that? I mean, the thing that comes to mind, uh, you know, from a, and, and this is, I'm going to jump out of my pastor hat and jump over to my therapist hat for just a second. I can't tell you how often I sit in an office with parents when their teens are struggling through deep things who then confess to me that they dealt with the same thing uh, mm -hmm. when they were that age, that they struggled with, you know, whether it was uh, compulsive behaviors of any kinds, you know, uh, and, and I always ask them how did you become the wise, caring person you are today? And I, I just pause them for a second. I say, think about this. I know you don't want your kid to have to go through what you went through, but we all have to go through something that makes us rely on God and also keeps us from being so prideful that we become arrogant. We become, we, we really become spoiled, rotten human beings. And so I know we don't want our kids to go through that. Nobody wants their kid to deal with that. And I just need to ask you, are you trying to prevent them from becoming like you today? And it usually is enough to pause them to say, okay, by stopping them from doing that, whatever negative and uh, in, in, in therapy where maladaptive coping mechanism <laughs> that they're using or in church terms, sin that they're doing. We do want to stop that, but let's not stop that out of fear. Let's stop that out of faith. Mm. And so at some level, and, and it's always hard to have these conversations, especially with older teenagers, like 19 year olds or, or young adults, that, it, that at some level, protecting our kids from having to deal with the consequences of their actions actually hurts them. Yeah. Um, and causes them to, to repeat. And, and I'll never forget this. This is one of those, again, another metaphor that's come to me over the years. We had a, an elder at my church. He One day I was just chatting with him about some of this stuff. And he said, you know, 
when when my daughter uh, was a college student at a, at a Christian college, one day she came home and she she had gotten a speeding ticket. And I told her, I'm never paying for another speeding ticket for you again. And I said, what do you mean? You paid for other speeding tickets? And he said, well, yeah. And he said, and I, when I told her that, she never got another speeding ticket. And I was like, interesting. When, when, when sometimes when we let our kids have consequences and we walk with them, I mean, he, he quit paying, but he didn't reject her. He didn't push her away. He, he went with her, but he put the, the burden back on her to deal with her actions. Maturity happened, and that was the end of it. And I think sometimes we, we, we can end up trying to prevent our kids from going through mature moments because we're so worried that they might stumble and fall too hard and not be able to recover from whatever they're stumbling and falling from. We can insulate them so that they don't even know how to deal with pain. They don't even know how to deal with trauma. And when they hit that as an adult, a young adult, it is devastating if that's their first time. That's such a good point. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. And that does put a, a very wise perspective on the purpose, you know, that comes to, to play out in the suffering, you know, that we all experience in this world. Things happen that are beyond our control. We make choices that hurt us. But I think what you're saying in all of that is just as a parent to be that non-anxious presence that walks mm-hmm through it with your child and to know that I love how you put it that it is going to serve you know hopefully in their maturity and even in their sanctification so I'm thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing that up and just for all the wisdom that you've shared today it's just been so so valuable and I know we only have a few minutes left so I just kind of wanted to again say thank you for giving us your time and your wisdom and man Bo we just might have to have you back on yeah, sure is fun. Fun talking with y'all. So, and, and you know, and just to remind people, uh, September twenty, I'm gonna try to live stream that conference on the twenty fifth. Oh, awesome. Um, and I'll I'll make sure you guys have a link to it. Um, there, yeah. I've got some really cool guest speakers. Uh, I actually will just be kind of in seeing it, hosting, and I'm bringing in the the pros, if you will, uh, to help kind of uh, hit it from four different areas: biology, psychology, sociology, and theology. So they're gonna talk about. Each of them is going to be providing one thing from each of those areas to help us be that non-anxious parent. That's awesome, Bo. Thank you so much. Yes, I look forward to that. Thank you again, Bo, for being on the show. It was such an honor to have you on. And this topic has been such a blessing. And happy birthday to your wife, Jill. I hope it is an amazing one and a blessed one. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Hopefully when she listens, she'll be excited about it or embarrassed. One of the two. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And just a reminder for all of our listeners to check out the link below and sign up for this giveaway. I am so excited for somebody to win these things and the way that it is set up. Each time you complete one of the actions, you will be put in another time for the drawing. So the more actions you complete, the better your chances are of winning. And I am so excited to give this away to somebody. So, so excited. But today's Bible verse comes from Isaiah 41 10. And it says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness.